0: to the Andrea K show she's blonde 5 foot
1: 2 and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress here she
0: is Andrea Kay.
2: cuz i'm n i i'm dynamite
3: show. Super excited to be back in the studio today. I actually did a replay last week, a best of, if you will, because Donald Trump was giving and gave an amazing speech in a joint session of Congress. And it was such an amazing speech, actually, that I think that that's one reason why all H-E-double-L had to break loose afterwards. The left had to double down on their insanity of the accusations that the Trump administration is somehow acting as agents of Russia. It got to the point to where I think that that's one reason why Donald Trump put it out there in a tweet. And he just said, you know what, Uh, I I found out that Obama was wiretapping me. And then, of course, uh, it it got uh, even crazier from there. And crazy, I mean, from the standpoint that we even have – I, I've got an amazing show lineup for you today. I've got Sheriff Clark here. I've got Janine Turner is going to be here. We got to talk about Obamacare. So I'm not, I don't have a whole hour to kind of break down everything that's been going on with this story, with the investigations and whether or not there's wiretapping and who said what and all this kind of stuff. So I thought that I would actually just kind of do a real abbreviated version for you. Thanks to none other than Newt Gingrich, because while some of you out there suggested Mark Levin as hero of the week because he did an amazing job in breaking down everything that's happening by he did a compilation of media reports uh, talking about uh, outlets like Heat Street, The Guardian, McClatchy. Uh, New York Times, multiple New York Times articles. In fact, we got we got the same New York Times reporter who did a front page about wiretapping come out afterwards and basically say that Trump's crazy for saying there was wiretapping. Same reporter that's gone on. So hat tip to Mark Levin. I encourage everybody you can Google and, you know, read all of his different sources and of different articles, basically different articles quoting different sources to support basically what Donald Trump was saying. But then I'm watching last night a show I don't watch very often anymore. The O'Reilly factor and O'Reilly just goes out of his way. You know, what I mean, he tortures himself sitting on a fence post to try to not actually say what everybody already knows to, to be true about the wiretapping thing. And Newt Gingrich says, Bill, you know, you just made the case. You just proved Donald Trump's point that there was wiretapping because where did these illegal leaks come from regarding General Flynn? And his conversation with the Russian. It came from Trump Tower. Oh yeah, the great genius that is Bill O'Reilly says. Yeah, it was when he was at Trump Tower. So can we kind of all, even without seeing whether or not Obama picked up the phone and ordered the wiretaps, can we not all acknowledge that there was wiretapping that was happening here? So much so that where I'm really angry at today is a Republican party that is not that is continuing to cave and not rally around Donald Trump in this situation. I am so angry every time I turn on the TV and hear Republicans say things like Obama couldn't have ordered a wiretap. He can't do that because the U.S. Constitution doesn't allow him to do that. And I'm sitting there saying, are you kidding me? What, what Republican is not aware that for eight years we have had an Obama administration that did everything but live under the laws that are the U.S. Constitution? He trampled the con- – this was a man who went I- – I don't even have time to go through the entire list of laws that the Obama administration has broken, but it has been eight years of lawlessness. This was a man who went around and 20-something times said he could not do what he ended up doing with with the Dreamers Act because he said the Constitution limited him. This was a man who trampled the Constitution when he did rewrote Obamacare multiple times. This was a man who, did an, who used the IRS illegally to stomp jack, the jackboot of tyranny on the necks. And I think it was actually True the Vote who used the term the jackboot of tyranny on her neck. Weaponized the IRS. Chaffetz himself, a sitting congressman, the head of the Oversight Committee, reminded America yesterday that 40 agents illegally spied on him. And not one of them was held to account legally for their crimes. These leaks coming out are are illegal that came about from these wiretaps. So shame on the Republicans for caving. I'm disappointed that Sessions recused himself. I'm disappointed that Congressman Issa said last week that we needed a special prosecutor. He didn't call for a special prosecutor after Loretta Lynch had a private conversation on an airplane with the husband of a woman she was supposedly investigating. The Republican Party should be pushing back and demanding now that James Clapper went on TV on Sunday and said there was n- After the investigation, there was no proof that the Obama administration was in any way working with the Russians. That should be the end of it. And the Republican Party, instead of calling Trump unhinged or criticizing him for his tweet about the wiretapping, should be in unison to shut this down because it's insane. That's what's insane. Trump was not unhinged for his wiretapping tweet the Republican Party is unhinged with not supporting him in this situation this story must stop and the Republican Party can stop it and can put an end to it speaking of eight years of lawlessness we're going to take a break and when we come back we're going to talk to America's top law enforcement officer we're going to talk to none other than Sheriff David Clark don't go anyway Andrew Acacia coming up
4: A home that you will build great memories in. Call me or text me at 619-992-7113. Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home.
0: Want more
2: Andrea Kay?
0: Follow her on Twitter
2: at Andrea Kay Show. And like her Facebook page at Andrea Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E.
3: Welcome back to the Andrea Kay Show. Glad to have you all here with me. What's happening right now is we are actually recording tonight's Andrea Kay Show via Facebook Live. So I got to give a shout out to everybody out there on Facebook. Got to give a shout to my boy, DJ Carrot Sticks. Yeah. Yeah, so uh and and I am so excited for my next guest. I'm I'm sitting here almost in swoon mode because I've got none other than America's top law enforcement officer, America's Sheriff Sheriff David Clark on the line. Sheriff Clark, thank you so much for being here on the Andre K Show.
1: Thank you, Andrea. Come on, you're gonna make me blush.
3: <laughs> um I don't know if you heard any of my intro going into the show, but I was talking about uh, the eight years of lawlessness that we've had the, under the Obama administration. I don't have time in the hour that I have here to go through the laundry list. I'm sure you know quite well of all the different ways in which the o- Obama administration has been lawless, from Fast and Furious to the IRS, uh, all the executive orders. Um, in particular, in talking to you today, I wanted to talk about how they have not en- been encouraging crimes. Uh, in the population in protests with the Black Lives Matter. We're still seeing that continuing today. But before I get into that, i got to ask you, Sheriff Clark, if you've heard any weird sounds on any phone calls you've had, any cackling or any heavy breathing in the background. you think people listening to you?
1: (laughs) You know, I wouldn't doubt it's a shame. First of all, amen to everything that you said in your intro. Uh, But we're seeing the difference between the GOP establishment and the Democrats on Capitol Hill. Whenever a Democrat member... Uh, or operative is under attack by the right they circle the wagons around that embattled member and they attack the people making the claims the GOP on the other hand they circle the wagons and they fire inward at their embattled member they're so quick to throw their own overboard it's really disgusting they have displayed no fight in this um, uh, current battle here with this new administration Uh, they're so easy to capitulate and look for ways to appease the left you cannot appease the left as you know it just makes them hungry you are feeding the beast and i agree with you with uh, although i respect the decision by attorney general sessions to recruits himself i disagreed with it there was no reason and if the, <clears throat> if the objective was to uh, uh try to appease the left it just makes them hungrier to come you know they sense blood in the water if you notice right after he recruits himself They then came out and said, well, why is he recusing himself? He must be guilty of something. So it's really sick to watch this. There's no fight except for Donald Trump. He's in this by himself. He's trying to change the, uh, uh, the tone in Washington, not only just the tone. He's trying to drain the swamp. It's going to take some time, but really it's going to take people like you, people like me, and the countless others. Who supported him. We fought hard to get him, I know I did, mm-hmm. to get him into the White House, and now we have a bigger fight ahead of us as he takes on the uh the entire establishment um, in the Beltway.
3: Yeah, um you're absolutely right about shooting inward, circling yeah. the wagons and, and shooting inward. I don't remember uh anybody calling for the recuse for Loretta Lynch to recuse herself after she met with Bill Clinton on a on a runway when she was investigating Bill Clinton's uh Wife, and now I'm not hearing any calls for any investigations into her after she actually was on video inciting violence on our streets after she had while Department of Justice weaponized that department and encouraged violence uh, across America. What do you think should happen to Loretta Lynch?
1: Uh, Loretta Lynch, first of all, should have been disbarred after that that unethical display where she meets the husband of a person under investigation. Uh, by her FBI. She should have known better. She lied about it at first. She didn't think anybody would find out. And then when the heat got uh, too high on her, she came out finally after about five days and admitted that she did it. And she also admitted admitted that uh, she was wrong in doing it. She was wrong, not only wrong, but that was unethical. She should have been disbarred. But there's another example, uh, as you indicated, of where the GOP stood flat-footed. Uh, just willing to give Obama and all his his minions a pass. Eric Holder, the only attorney general in United States history ever held in contempt of Congress. They wouldn't take the next step to have the hearing where they could have put him in jail, Mm -hmm. another free pass. You can go on and on and on with this administration. And they did it. You know why they didn't do it? Because they were afraid, the GOP. They were afraid of being labeled racist. Mm -hmm. So they gave this guy free reign to destroy America before our eyes, and all they did was sit up and say, "Well, you know, we don't have the power. Well, we don't have the power. Mm-hmm. Now they have the power. We gave them everything they asked for, and still they just they come up with excuses. Now if they don't have the sixty vote threshold in the um, Senate to overcome a filibuster. All we get out of them is, is excuses. I, I think if uh, when when President Trump drains the swamp in in Washington D.C., the swamp creatures he's going to find at the bottom." when he dredges it, it's going to be from both political parties.
3: From both political parties as well as from inside organizations that typically in the past were supposed to not be politicized. It was supposed to be, you know, above board and nonpartisan like the intelligence community, like the FBI. One of the, uh, the I'm really happy with a lot of what Trump has done so far, but I felt like he should have asked for Comey's resignation on day one. The stench of Comey failing to uh, seek and recommend charges for Hillary Clinton over the summer was not overcome when he came out two weeks against her. That was, that was a bad move himself uh, going into the election. He shouldn't have done that. You know, Trump, Trump, I've been saying for a while, he faces two opposition parties, the Democrats, as well as the GOPE. And, you know, he some people said, well, he couldn't get get rid of Comey right away because he's got to have some people in these positions. Um, uh, Going forward, though, after eight years of what's happened, I I, when I knew you were coming on the show, I post some questions to the listeners. I asked them to post some questions. And here's a couple from them. Uh Obama was elected in large part, according to the listeners, and I agree with this, because he was black and America's really Americans really wanted to turn the page on our racist past, only to find out and see Obama initially start immediately fanning the flames of racial division, uh, meeting up with organizations like Black, black Lives Matter. Uh, by the end of the eight years and, and perpetrating lies like hands up, don't shoot. By the end of that, we had police officers with targets on their back. And we had shootings in Baton Rouge and BR and Dallas. Uh, now we have cops that are not even doing anything to stop the violence in the streets at protest. Uh, what is going on? Yeah. What is going on with our police departments right now? And how can we? So it's a two pronged question. One that has to do with our uh, police departments and how we can get them back respected and treated well, as well as what we can do to unite us as a, uh, along racial lines.
1: Sure, and I talk about that in my my new book, Cop Under Fire. You know, the the election of of President Obama could have been a watershed moment uh, for this country, but instead he went the other route. He became political. He is the most race-obsessed president in U.S. history. He uh, went on a campaign to divide and conquer, divided the the, uh, sexes with his war on women, this fictitious war on women, pitting men against women, uh, blacks against whites, Latinos against blacks, Latinos against whites, uh, Muslims against uh, uh, Christians, so on and so forth. It's been a very damaging time. He is a straight-up cop hater. And I gave uh, examples of why I thought that, first of all, uh, his jumping into that Cambridge, Massachusetts, where he said the police acted stupidly. Mm -hmm. Then you go on. And you look at what happened in Ferguson, you look what happened in New York and Baltimore, where he jumped to conclusions he was wrong. Trayvon Martin, where he said, if I had a son, he'd look like Trayvon Martin. I thought that was disgusting. I thought that was stereotypical that all blacks look alike. Uh, but he got a pass for that as well. But here's what needs to happen. Uh, the American police officer has been beaten up by this guy and others. He's been in an echo chamber in the White House. For cop haters across America, law enforcement officers, it's not that they're not doing their job, but they're not engaging in the kind of assertive policing, which is discretionary. It's not the, the, the non-discretionary like the 911 call. They're going to those. They're handling those. But the the discretionary is they are patrolling neighborhoods and uh, looking for criminal activity that might be afoot. They're making traffic stops based on reasonable suspicion. They're making field interview stops, or what we like to call in the profession stick-ups, gang members hanging on the corner, drug dealers. You do an investigation, you're going to find people wanted on serious felony warrants. You're going to find weapons that are prohibited for those individuals to have. You're going to find illegal drugs. It's a treasure trove of criminal activity, and they're not engaging in that the way they were before Obama went down the attack. So what we have to do, is we now have an attorney general who gets it. I asked Mr. Trump, now President Trump, during the campaign, I got to talk to him a lot. I said, all you need to do is give us an attorney general who's going to look at the police as an ally in the pursuit of justice and criminal and not the enemy. Obama made the cop the enemy, and he made criminals out to be victims of a racist system Mm -hmm. that he claimed, which is is wrong. So we now have an attorney general who will untie, get rid of these consent decrees. Uh, Attorney General Sessions has already indicated He's going to he's going to wash, wash the slate clean, start over again, get rid of all those consent decrees, which do nothing more than tie the hands of police officers from doing the job that they know how to do, mm-hmm. that they're trained to do and that they sworn oath to do. So this is not impossible to do. But we now have a foundation with President Trump, who supports law enforcement. He appointed an attorney general who's a former state prosecutor. He gets it. He understands police. He understands policing. We are going to turn this darn thing around. It's Mm -hmm. just going to take some time because of the extensive damage caused by President Barack Obama, former president.
3: Absolutely. I'm talking to none other than Sheriff Clark here on the Andrea e. K. Show. I got to get into a little bit of law enforcement involving the border and immigration. I just came back from a little weekend down in Mexico to where I had to, I had to sign a documentation. I was asked to sign a form that said I understood that, that I was now in another country and the U.S. laws didn't follow me down there. Um, and I thought, well, how interesting because I can't even bring back a piece of fruit from Mexico. I've got to carry around a passport everywhere I go, but people south of the border, uh, think that they've got a right to come here across the country, bring family members with us, demand medical care, education, be able to commit crimes all over the place, and and live in sanctuary cities. That has got to stop. So one of my listeners wanted to know what your thoughts were in terms of these sanctuary cities and what's going on with immigration.
1: Yeah, this this, uh, illegal immigration thing is a crisis. It's been ignored for too long, and it's transcended uh, uh, different presidents, both political parties, and now we have a president who is vowed to get his arms around this thing, protect the borders. Look, we're a sovereign nation in the United States. If you're going to be a sovereign nation, you have to have borders. You have to be willing to protect and defend those borders for a number of reasons. One, you have national and domestic security issues, terrorists coming in, drug cartels walking across the border with, with uh, things like heroin and other illegal uh, narcotics. Another reason is you want to... Uh, prevent the spread of infectious diseases. Remember the Ebola outbreak and the uh, H1N1 flu? Those didn't start in the United States. We had to protect the borders to make sure we didn't have uh, a massive outbreak of those types of diseases. The third reason is you want to control the number of refugees coming into your country because it is a drain on limited American resources. So uh, local law enforcement will play a role. Um, some of them are balking right now, I get that, but at the same time the, the, the see sanctuary cities are havens for criminal activity because an illegal a, a criminal illegal alien can commit a crime against another illegal it could be a robbery, it could be a rape, it could be child abuse, it could be domestic violence, knowing that victim. It's going to be reluctant to call the police because they don't want to be identified as being in the country illegally. So actually they're providing a safe haven. Any law enforcement executive or mayor or governor that says we're going to be a sanctuary county, city, state, they are turning their backs on their lawful citizens. So uh, the the, the uh, funding that, that gets cut, the Supreme Court has ruled on this. You can cut up to 20% of federal funds for people who don't comply, that needs to happen. These people want it both ways. I know this Mm -hmm. letter that was signed by 60 chiefs and sheriffs. By the way, there are over 15,000 law enforcement executives in the United States. So I don't want people to think that 60 people, uh, chiefs and sheriffs, that sign a letter is indicative of of every law enforcement executive in the country. But once that funding starts getting cut up to 20%, it's going to leave large holes in state. Mm-hmm. and city budgets that they're not going to be able to make up. So over time, you know, we're going to have to use the carrot and the stick. And the yeah. funding, I think, will get these people to come to Jesus moment.
3: Right. And um, in, in one minute that we have left uh, today. Um we have another executive order involving a travel ban. I think it went in the wrong direction because it took a, a country away. We're now down, down to six countries. I agree with Donald Trump when he said in the joint session, he said, there's no compassion in bringing people here from countries that are terrorist havens when you don't have the ability to vet them. So, it, and it's not even just an, an economic issue with it, which it is. I mean, you look at Obamacare today in the passage. I mean, we're just, we're losing our shirt economically, um, with uh, so many issues involving our immigration system but we're bringing terrorists into this country. Aren't we, Sheriff Clark?
1: Sure. You know, you cannot allow people to illegally cross your border and come into your country and set up residence. You cannot do it. Donald Trump, President Trump, understands that. He is going to get his arms around this. I believe that his first uh, travel order or, or the uh, the vetting was lawful. I believe that the courts intruded on the executive branch under our separation of powers There's the president who's charged under the constitution with protecting the borders and protecting the United States. I believe this one does as well. Uh, you know, I'll let that debate and discussion go on uh, as we move forward. But again, president Trump understands we don't have the the records with which to vet any of these people against. Mm-hmm. So you, you do need extreme and you have to be very careful. He gets it. He's going to continue to push ahead. I'm glad he understands this is chess, not checkers. So the court, you know, he made a move. The court made a counter move. Now he made a counter move to that. Mm-hmm. He understands what's going on. He is right. running circles around these people in Washington, D.C. and driving them nuts.
3: Well, I love that. Um, now, in your book, Cop Under Fire, uh, are we going to find the answers to some other listeners' questions? that They want to know what you're planning in terms of the future. Some of the questions that I'm hoping are going to be answered in the book is, how did you get to where you are in life? And what are your next steps in terms of politics yeah. and running for office?
1: Yeah, thanks. i under fire. It's going to give people a deeper dive into some of the soundbite world that I have to live in. When I'm on TV, mainly TV, you get to only make a couple of points in two or three minutes. This puts meat on the bones of my, you know, some of my, my soundbites, There's substance to my soundbite. I go into detail on some very pressing issues, the cultural rot happening in the black community. I talk about Black Lives Matter. I talk about what it's like to be a black conservative in the United States. I give people a little history. You know, My History Coming Up, it's it's a very good read. It's doing well right now in terms of sales. I encourage people to get it at your uh, bookstore. You can order it uh, online at Amazon. Cop Under Fire, beyond the hashtags of race, crime, and politics for a better America.
3: Well, thank you so much. You have already done an amazing job in helping us have a better America with the work that you've already done, speaking out, and helping Trump get elected. And thank you for being here, Sheriff Clark, and thank you for all you do for us.
1: I appreciate that. Be well.
3: All righty. We're going to take a quick break. Love him so much. Oh, I forgot to ask him if he was married. That was another question that people wanted to know. Maybe we'll find that out in his book. Uh, we're also going to find out more about my next guest, Janine Turner, who's going to be here. So don't change that dial. More of the Andrea Keisha coming up. <laughs>
2: Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show. And like her Facebook
0: page at Andrea K. Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E.
2: You're listening to the Andrea K show on AM 1170 The Answer.
3: Welcome back to the Andrea K show just got a chance to interview none other than Sheriff Clark, who I've just been crushing on for a while. Who isn't crushing on Sheriff Clark out there? And who doesn't have a crush on my next guest? Everybody is crushing and has crushed on her for, for many years. Um, she is not only a beautiful actress— An author, but she is also an amazing conservative activist and someone that I've been a huge I'm kind of getting a little nervous right now, even more than when I was talking to Sheriff Clark, because I've just been watching her from afar for a while, reading her books, loving everything that she's been doing and saying for so many years. It's none other than Janine Turner. (laughs) How are you? Well, I am just thrilled to talk to you. And um, I have been a fan of yours for so long. I think that you... So few people can do as, as an amazing job as you have across so many different types of media. And it just, you are so amazingly talented from so many different areas. And so I, and I wish I had more than just 10 minutes to chat with you because I could just pick your brain for, you know, do it again. Yeah. Do it again.
5: And I think everything you do, you know, I had a radio show for three years and it's tough work. So power to you and congratulations.
3: Oh, thank you so much. Um, I reached out because I saw that you had a book coming out, um, called A Little Bit Vulnerable, and it had to do with uh, all the topics that are near and dear to me. Hollywood, God, sobriety, and politics. And I thought, what a combination. Um, you're so extraordinary. <laughs> um, what One question that uh, people posed when I told them you were coming on the show is they wanted to know if you left Hollywood or did Hollywood leave you?
5: Oh, I left, I, I left Hollywood. Um, you know, I've never been... I've never been really fond of Hollywood. I've always felt sort of strange in Los Angeles. Um, so I actually made the music when I was 23 years old, and the and, my and, and exposure was in Seattle. So you know, it's it's just a, an industry. I've, I've, I I love to act. I believe that my fellow actors are great humanitarians. Um, I don't have a lot in common with them. You know what I mean. And when my daughter was born, I wanted to raise her in Texas, a single mom. I tried to pedal back there to do a another television season. Is that a word? I don't even know if that makes sense. But, you know, I tried to to go back to Hollywood and I did a series for a lifetime, but I just went home. I missed my extended family and wanted to raise her in Texas. So, you know, I'm still creating screenplays um, Mm -hmm. and uh, creating things for PBS and hopefully to sell to PBS. So, you know, now that my daughter's in college, I'm sort of tiptoeing back, and and I really don't want to move out of the state of Texas, so this is part of the problem.
3: Yeah. Um, In terms of the question, did Hollywood leave you, I think there's a lot of people that are feeling that they're seeing that people have felt that Hollywood was liberal for a long time, but they hadn't seen the kind of intolerance and hate and politicization, I guess, if that's a word, of every aspect of Hollywood, and that that it just must feel so difficult to be a conservative and a top, you know, a- actor at the same time as you were. And so, I mean, it, you, mm-hmm. you're happy in Texas, um, you know, but do you think... Would it, I be happy in
5: Hollywood? Yeah. No, well, no, I, I, you're, you're, you are correct, and your listeners are correct. But, and, you know, it's it's unfortunately... It's, it's it's ironic, really, of the hypocrisy that they can speak out all they want, and they want their freedom to speak out all they want. But, but you have to agree with what they say. I mean, there's really no one, no one more sort of uh, Stalinistic than than um, Hollywood, because it's like you have to believe what we believe, or we're not going to hire, and we're not going to. You can't be a part of our party, so to speak. Right. So it, it it's not really bipartisan. It's not accepting of that, which is unfortunate. Right. And so a lot of my fellow actors and actresses, I, I say actress, thank you, because I'm a woman and I'm an actress and not an actor. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that um, they're afraid to speak out. So right. there are a lot of us there, but they're afraid. Right. And, you know, and I see why, because, I mean, it is difficult. It, it's hard. It, 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 what it's really hit me is with commercials. Um, because I used to do, you know, spokeswoman. I was a spokeswoman and that, that was, that really helped me. But now they get afraid. They'll hire all the levels they want. Mm-hmm. Jessica, Sarah, Jessica Parker, right. um, uh, you gal, Jennifer, whatever her name is. it is has a credit card. Oh, oh Jennifer Garner. Mine. Yeah. Yeah, Alex Baldwin. You name it, all the ones that hate big businesses and hate big banks. Next thing you know, they're holding up bank cards right. and doing bank commercials. And so it's it's really uh, unfortunate. Uh, they see that I have a cross on my website or that mm-hmm. I together you know, speak out, of her, oh, we can't hire her, right? So that's that's what we do need to fight. We need to fight against that. You know, we need in some sort of way as a as a uh, consumer. You know,
3: well, there was also there used to be like a conservative um, movie. Uh, um uh, I can't think of the, the word I'm trying to use, but it was like a festival every year of conservative filmmakers. And, cons- and I think Steve Bannon used to be there. And it, it, it just ended up not growing any legs. It's just kind of kind of hard with that. How did you become a conservative? Mm-hmm.
5: Or or were you always well, one? How did that come about? I, I think that it's um, two, two things. One, I just sort of always have had this passion for our founding fathers. But also my dad was a West Pointer. So he was a graduate oh, well. from West Point. Mm-hmm. He was in the Air Force, was one of the first to fly twice as speed of sound class of fifty seven at West Point. So wow. you know, wasn't a big talk but I thought we had political discussions, but it was sort of in the air like Ronald Reagan talks about. you know. What do you think and about I didn't Trump? Sacrifice him. Oh yeah. I didn't sacrifice it.
3: What do you think, about, think Trump? about Trump? Yeah.
5: You know, I I think it's truly awesome that the working class and the people that are, are constitutionalists in this country and believe in our founding documents and believe in law, yeah. uh, that we're a nation of laws, um, that we have someone that, that, that will speak for us. Mm-hmm. And we also have someone that's willing to, you know, I, I said, be, I was, I'm on Barney and Company every Wednesday now. Uh, pretty much. Um, on Fox and I said uh, the other day I was talking about Trump I'm like he acts like a Democrat right he's loud he's brash he <laughs> gives it back to them uh-huh. you know and, and and the Democrats are shocked everyone just appalled but you know Democrats are are uh, loud in their face, and and um, you, you know we are we tend to be more kind of conservative, and mm-hmm. we don't want you know we don't you know we don't want. So I think it's it's wonderful that we have someone representing us. Um, I just you know George Washington said his farewell address. That the party system was going to be the demise of America because people care about their person rising on their party platform and they don't care about being American anymore. And I just, I just hope all this chaos is happening out there that we can all put aside and govern and be American.
3: Yeah, you know, I, I loved him, and I, I, he was back when the primary first started and there were 16 people on the stage, I actually said that my dream ticket would be a Trump cruise ticket and that that I felt like Trump was, for the times it ran, he was the only one, first of all, that could win. I felt that the American mm-hmm. people felt betrayed by both parties. The Republican Party mm-hmm. kept getting excuses um, in, in 2010 and 2012 and then finally they got both houses of Congress and still couldn't get anything passed and it was time for mm-hmm. us to have us yes. have somebody come in as an outsider to shake things up. He's got an enormous task ahead of him because he faces two opposition parties, the Democrats and the GOP establishment. I think we can see a a struggle going on there as we see what's coming out with Obamacare uh, today and many people calling it uh, uh, Obamacare 2.0 in terms of the repeal and the replace. But I think so far he's done a great job in trying to navigate a very difficult uh, situation back there. And and so I think we all need to keep praying for him and praying for our nation. And I believe that he got a lot more women voters and a lot more uh, minority votes than expected because they are just looking for a Results, Janine. I think they've been lied to with these platitudes of you know socialist false promises, and they're just hurting in across all these blue states that were considered to be the blue wall, and that you know mm-hmm. uh, all this Russia crap is just going to subside as results start to kick in and people's lives uh, get better. Um, uh, uh,
5: yeah, yeah. You know, it's globalization. You know, mm-hmm. the, the liberals want this globalization, and it's mm-hmm. hurting Americans. So. Yes. I got to ask so you with. Uh, um,
3: yeah. It, excuse me for interrupting. Um, I, I've it's only okay. got you for 10 minutes. So I'm trying to move through so many know, topics that my, li- my yeah. listeners want to hear. They're really curious about your thoughts on this tomorrow um, on the heels of the Women's March on Inauguration Day. Tomorrow we have a day without women. Hashtag. You are somebody who has successfully raised an amazing conservative young woman. I don't know how you uh-huh. did it amidst all of this. What are your thoughts on that whole scene?
5: I didn't even know about that. There's a hashtag. What, what are women doing? I, I, they're they're doing on social media.
3: I, I guess there's another march tomorrow that has to do with a you know that we had a day without immigrants. I guess there's going to be women aren't you know, going to show up to work think, or something. I, I think, don't know. I
5: think that we we're going to have to remain very vigilant and we're going to have to be vocal. But, you know, we, I think we've got to we really need to start our own social. Media movement, and we need to let our, our our representatives and senators and and somehow you know write a letter to President Trump. We need to let the, let them know that we support them because they're just getting to get drowned out. I knew this was going to be bad the minute he won. Yeah, uh, because you know even with with President Bush, you know in liberal private schools and, and my, in the metroplex, they had clocks ticking down when Bush would be out of office. And I thought, which I knew what Trump wanted was going to be and that we were going to have to really fight back. I lived in Hollywood during the Reagan era, and you know, I, I was a Reagan supporter against nobody else that was a Reagan supporter. So it's it's extremely tough. And in, in regard to women, I don't even get this, because... You know, he, look at all the things he's doing for women and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the family leave and child care, working toward child care. He's, we're going to have better health plans and better security and better help with the drugs coming into our country and better better uh, military. I mean, it's everything that a mother and a woman would want, I, I think the only thing that people are worried about is abortion. I, I don't want really think to have any other... What other problems do they really seriously have? And you know, that's about equal pay. Well, how about better pay for women? I don't want to just be equalized. Right. You know what I mean? I might I might be able to make more pay than a man. Um, and it's, it really should be equal pay for equal work, the work that you produce. Um, so all this is, is uh, you know, I think that the these women, if they really opened their, their mind, mm-hmm. they would see that, that the Trump and the, thieves, these, the agenda that he has helps women. The only area is with abortion. So in that respect, these women, I think, are focusing on sex. They're mm-hmm. right back to where they were. Uh, they're just focusing on the womb. And I think there's a lot more to a woman than a womb. Thank you very much. Well, thank
3: you, because it's like I'm looking at these women who took time to create costumes that look like their private parts that they're putting out there on display and wearing these pink hats and demeaning themselves in such a self-demeaning, self-degrading way, while they're also marching with pro-Sharia women. And what's involved in Sharia? Female genital mutilation of little girls, women being stoned to death for being raped, honor killings that's happening right now in this country. And I'm thinking, how did how did these women how did women in America get there? It doesn't even make sense to me.
5: It's like demented. (laughs) Well, You know, here's the deal. I think I think that liberals are idealists and their brains just work in a different sort of way. They're they're very they're not really interested in facts. They're just sort of this. They just live in this kind of fantasy world. And, and if they had the facts, look, it's right back to what George Washington said. People are just concerned about the past. um, They're not concerned about what's really, uh, really going on um, or, or the country. Yeah. So it's, uh, it, whereas I think, I think, I believe that most conservatives, independent libertarians, constitutionalists, you know, I think that we're really more fact-oriented and, and we're we're sticking with, the law of the land and um so I don't know, a day without women. I I it,
6: Well yeah.
3: Make yourself make yourself okay. useful. So I don't I I identify myself as a person we, first. We should
5: start another one, a day with women. And yeah. we should have our voice. <laughs> Be heard tomorrow. Maybe we should start that hashtag, Andrea. You and I, a day with women. Yes. How about a day with a day with women? Yes,
3: a day with women. Women need to make themselves such um, that people want to be with them. Give give women give give people a reason to want to be around you. And I don't necessarily want to be around a woman who's walking around in a costume that's that looks like their private parts. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, Constituting America. What's that about?
5: Okay, well I to put on my nonpartisan hat because mm-hmm. the that, the other hat was a Janine Turner hat. Now this is a this is a nonpartisan hat. Mm-hmm. Constituting America I launched with Kathy West in twenty ten and um it's a we've now been in existence for seven years and it's the, the website's constituting dot org and we do it's multi tiered. We have a a study every year called a 90 study where scholars come in online. If you could join that this year, it's about the Supreme Court decisions that are affecting the Constitution. Really cool, starting back in, you know, Murray versus Madison. And uh, we have a great contest for kids where these kids get money and a mentor. It's a fabulous trip and we propel their careers. We take their short films and their public service announcements and their songs and we actually get them into the culture. One of our Best Public Service Announcement Winners. Um, she's a, she was a high schooler when she made it and has now had five, five million views and five million wow. people. Uh, the song that she wrote about the Constitution, Joy, one of our winners, her song that's like 24 million impressions because we be hire <gasps> Uh, companies to promote to promote their works and propel their careers. And we've opened it up to STEM. It's an amazing, and we have a George Washington speaking initiative where I can either go into the schools or I um, can visit the schools on um, through Skype or Google Hangout. We call it. Did over 80 of those last year, and uh, they're really one of my favorite things to do is work with the kids. And, and, and in this capacity, everything is completely nonpartisan. I never utter a party. I never talk about being a Republican or anything. I'm a Democrat. Because the Constitution is truly nonpartisan. and right. it, was, it was crafted and signed and ratified before the party system, and the Constitution is forever done. You know, and so um, it's really exciting for me to uh, – to do this. I think it's right back to John Adams and what i founding fathers think when I was a third grader. It's another passion of mine that I truly, truly love. So if anyone would like for me to speak at their school or know that it's nonpartisan, I speak at charter schools, inner city schools, um, uh, public schools, you name it. And uh, I can Skype in or Google Hangout in, and it's been very, very successful. We have games. We show, we show kids. Uh, the kids' works, our own students' work, so kids speak with kids, and it's, it's, it's just a lot of fun. Well, um, I, and you go to org, and you can click, you can find our nine day study there that's going on right now, and you can ooh. also find out about the contest, but you can also find out about the book of speech.
3: I love that because, you know what, I think the one way that we can begin to unite back together as a country is around uh, the Constitution, which, as you said, is nonpartisan, around the the values. The left likes to talk about that's not who we are when we say we want to enforce immigration, all that. Well, how about returning to who we really are? Let's go back to our founding fathers. Let's go back to our Constitution, which, as you correctly said, you know, you know, is nonpartisan. I think if we can get back to that core as a nation and particularly do it through the schools, because the left was really clever about taking over the edge education system and, and beginning to indoctrinate there if we can do this we can we can unite back together as a country and restore America I, I encourage everybody to go to is constitutingamerica.org. yes yes and
5: you know if you've got a, if you have a, a teacher at your school Child school that is is willing to that loves the competition and is willing to talk about it because many of them feel scared to you know support that teacher because uh, awesome. it's really really rare and you can go up to the school board and say look there's this great contest and mm-hmm. you know it's in America and she can come in your school and Skype I mean because I definitely keep it nonpartisan because it is nonpartisan awesome. and I I wouldn't want to offend any child in the classroom or teacher you know right so and I but you are you are right we need to rally around. Fundamental mm-hmm. principles, but the thing is, there's a movement in this country that wants to progress away from the Constitution, and uh, interestingly enough, in that they they want to focus on, uh, you know, we believe as constitutional, you know, as constitutionalists, with the Constitution, it's it's sort of it, Abraham Lincoln said that the Declaration of Independence is the golden apple, mm-hmm. but the Constitution is the frame that surrounds that golden apple. So it sort of it sort of supports that golden apple, and in that. Is that we are born with our rights? That the mm-hmm. government doesn't give them to us. You mm-hmm. know that we are we are born with them. And I think that uh, progressives want to progress sort of away from that. Say, you know, really the Constitution is more about laws and history and, and not a mm-hmm. not a, a living document. And it's with that we've, we we tend to tend to gravitate away from the fact that we are born with our rights. Right. Uh, that that comes from inherently from God as opposed to come from government. So it's kind of tricky. What what do they do then? They get God out of the schools. Exactly. Well, yeah,
3: they don't want separation of church and state as much as they want replacement of God with state. And if they can convince us that our Mm -hmm. rights come from man, then they can, that they can just get one inch more towards transforming us from a constitutional Mm -hmm. republic to a Marxist state. The book is a little bit vulnerable. The gal is the amazing Janine Turner. Thank you so much for being on my show today. I appreciate it so much. Thank you. Thanks for all you do, Andrea. that's a great word. All right. Have a great rest of your day. Woo! Oh, so fun. All right. We're going to take a quick break because I got my Spicoli here. I got my Al Aries in the studio with me. And I've also got a little real estate tax planning. Tax reform is coming. And a lot of people are concerned about an aspect for real estate. So I got my girl, Julie Mills, who's going to be here with us. So don't go anywhere. More of the Andrea K Show coming right back up.
4: home a home that you will build great memories in call me or text me at 619-992-7113 call me today i would be honored to help you find your dream home
0: You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome
3: back to The Andrea K Show. Having a great time. Glad you're all here with me and especially glad that my next guest is here with me. He's none other than the Spicoli of taxes, the smooth groove himself, Al Arias. Hey, baby, welcome back to the show.
6: It's always fun to be with you.
3: Yeah. Um, I don't know how much fun is going on in D.C. today because um, Obamacare's repeal and uh, the repeal and replace. I keep calling it Obamacare because you know what? It kind of is still Obamacare. The GOP has finally come out eight years later. Al, they come out with the replacement for Obamacare and it's looking a whole lot like Obamacare itself.
6: Well, Obamacare was two thousand four hundred pages. I'm told that this is about one hundred and twenty pages. Mm
3: hmm. Well, but... Uh,
6: so it has to be significantly different.
3: Well, here's the differences, supposedly, that there's no individual mandate and no employer mandate. Um, although then I heard analysis later that there is a mandate and the fact that you have to you have to buy insurance, which is unconstitutional. It's just instead of the IRS doing it in the form of a tax, the insurance companies are going to come after you. You have to buy it. And um, the other... Th- those are supposedly the only differences. Um, uh, Medicare defunding, I guess, is going to start uh, slowing down and are happening in 2022. Uh, they kept the pre-existing conditions. They kept, uh, Medicare expansion through 2020. And here, my question for you as the tax man is that they are saying that there's no subsidies. They're doing it with tax credits. But since the tax credits, are on a scale and you get less tax credits if you have a higher income. It's basically subsidies, continued subsidies in the form of tax credits. So it's sounding an awful lot to me. Like Obamacare 2.0, I'm not hearing anything in this plan that has to do with actually addressing the cost of care. or And I'm not hearing anything that has to do with free market solutions. If you really want to do a conservative Ob- Oh <laughs> get rid of Obamacare, which was nothing but a big socialist income redistribution scheme, and you really want to lower costs for everybody, then you would completely get the government and the insurance companies kind of out of it. And then you would have the ability to go negotiate to a doctor and say, how much are you going to charge for that uh, for that office visit? Maybe I'll go down the road to someplace else, kind of like you shop at Nordstrom. You know, maybe instead of how much are you going to charge at that CAT scan, um, Sharp, maybe I'll go down to Scripps and, and see what they're going to charge me for, it. right? Right.
6: Well that's that's a whole lot. And uh, basically what what we have is an environment where the Republicans are in in effect charged with getting rid of health care. Mm-hmm. Sponsored by the government, at least in part. Yeah. But they already have it. So if, if they were, if the Republicans were to take away altogether government's participation in health care, mm-hmm. it's the end for for Republicans.
3: So, yeah, and this is what was clever about the way Obamacare was originally rolled out. It was done in steps to where it, it, it it's now almost too late to roll. They got just enough put over that sounded good, like the pre-existing conditions and the keeping people on the plan until they were 26, and now they've got people kind of sucked into something as bad as it is, it's like that hook is in their mouth and the American people on it don't want to give it up in spite of the fact that that they, don't, they still... Eat. So what if you've got health care, if your deductibles are still $10,000 a year, you still don't have health care. You, you know, it, you don't have access to doctors. You don't, well, you still don't have there's insurance. There's nothing
6: in here about the deductibles and like that.
3: Yeah. So I, I'm not really.
6: So they took away the penalties. Okay. So they've taken away a tax mm-hmm. and they're replacing it with tax credits. That's significant. It's very different.
3: Now, how do you think that's going to help your business clients that they've gone away with the employer mandate? Do you think that that's going to help spark growth? Because you're, you've been all about rolling back regulations. And those employer mandates in different aspects of Obamacare were really just regulations on businesses. And there were a lot of businesses out there that supposedly didn't hire more than, didn't want to get past 50 employees. Because well, it was significantly
6: affecting business. <laughs> but um, the, the the issue of regulation uh, isn 't about obamacare it's it's a not a good thing, and it has inhibited small business for sure mm-hmm. and it's significantly affected big business and the creation of uh, benefit packages for employees they 're mm-hmm. significantly affected mm-hmm. on a very very broad basis mm-hmm. so um, this is just one of a series of phased moves. To, to uh, repeal and replace mm-hmm. uh, Obamacare. Well, so Trump so. It's did say- just one. It's 120 pages, not mm-hmm. 2,400 pages. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more to come. Um, trying to get rid of the participation of government in healthcare just isn't going to happen. Right. So that, that should just be eliminated from the discussion. And we're just getting nowhere. Uh, And we're dividing ourselves. The Republican Party Mm
3: -hmm.
6: is dividing itself. So, Mm -hmm. look, this is the most difficult thing that they're trying to do. They should have put uh, income tax reform first, not last. And the regulatory reform by uh, saying if you create a regulation, you have to take away two. Yeah. That's a step in the right direction, but that was successfully done by uh, George W. Bush yeah. in the 80s, and significant regulations you were mean Reagan eliminated. In the 80s.
3: You mean Reagan in the
6: 80s? No, I'm talking about- W. wasn't about, in
3: the 80s. W. George W. wasn't. You mean Herbert Walker? You mean 41?
6: No, I'm talking about number two. Okay. Well, so when was that? Uh, I said it wrong. I said it wrong.
3: Okay. Speaking of tax reform, I want to get my girl Julie in on here. She's on the line holding, Julie Mills Brennan, um, because there are tax reform is next. And I am hearing a lot of people scared to death in San Diego, where we have a really expensive real estate market, um, which is wonderful. um, But at the same time, I'm hearing that simplified people are scared because they're hearing that the mortgage... I can't, and I never get it right. Julie can correct me on the mortgage tax deduction might be going away.
5: Yeah, yes, yeah, the mortgage interest deduction. Mortgage correct. interest. There is, there is um lots of talk of that happening. I'm, I'm sure, hopeful that it won't happen. I know NAR, which is the National Association of Realtors, is really fighting against it. Obviously, because that's a you know a, the gateway to home ownership is. Having some kind of you know huge benefit like that, which mm-hmm. is what people take advantage of when they buy a home. So let's let's hope that won't
3: happen. But uh, I, and we all are hoping it's not because I've got people in all aspects of real estate well, industry. I don't in don't my think family. The
6: direction is directly aimed at mortgage interest. It's limiting itemized deductions.
3: Well, but let's say that that if so I,
6: no look, it's not being taken away. Okay. But it's being limited. Okay. But all the itemized deductions are being limited. Well, I
3: want to keep it on the real estate because I want to specifically address the people that were so concerned about this, and we've got very limited time left. Let's play devil's advocate and say that it goes away. What other real estate tax deductions are available for people so that they can still buy and be better off than renting?
5: Okay, well, the biggest one I can talk about right now is the mortgage credit certificate. It's a tax credit program for first-time homebuyers. Now, keep in mind, a first-time homebuyer is someone who has not owned a home in three years. So, you know, it could be in, you know someone who's owned a home before, but they haven't owned one in three years. So what that does is it's a federal credit, which can reduce the potential federal income tax liability, which creates additional net spendable income which borrowers can use towards their monthly their monthly mortgage payment. So basically it's a dollar for dollar direct okay. dollar for dollar tax credit on their US individual income tax return. So awesome. that's huge and yeah. that's helping people qualify for a little bit more, and it's making it easier to make those higher payments since, of course, we talked about over and over that, you know, values are very high here, and to live here, it is expensive. Yeah. So yeah. that is a great program for first-time home buyers.
3: Awesome. Um, how can people get a hold of you? Because you are the queen of helping people maximize what is available to them to buy.
5: Absolutely. I would love to help. You can get a hold of me at 619 992 Seven one one three six one nine 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 two seven one one three, and I would love to help. Thank you so much,
0: Andrea. All right,
3: thanks for being here. All right, in the couple minutes that I have left, we have a couple minutes left. Al, this is when I usually give out the awards for last week's fool, this week's tool, and hero of the week awards. Oh,
6: these are fun.
3: Yeah, my hero of the week—that's always the hardest. Um, so I put it out there to the listeners, and I have to agree that I think Mark Levin deserves hero of the week awards because he took this whole Russian confusing situation and the wiretaps and the investigation all this, and he broke it down. I talked about it at the opening of the show, all the different reports from the left-leaning media talking all about the wiretapping and all about the investigation that Comey is trying to come out and backtrack against and demand that the Department of Justice refute. Mark Levin, thank you so much for being a brilliant, not only broadcaster, but a brilliant constitutional attorney and being able to to lay it out for the American people. My last week's Fool this Week's Tool Award has to go to Comey. Because how dare Comey? I I'm still got a uh Pebble in my shoe over Comey. The stink hasn't gone away, Comey, that you didn't do your job in the summer when you should have recommended charges against Hillary Clinton. You didn't. You come out, you all the machinations with that. Then you come out two weeks before the election. You've proven uh, with your crap then with Hillary, which laid the foundation in part for the left to be doing what they're doing right now. You should have done your job. You didn't do your job back when you could have and you should have. Trump should have gotten rid of your hiney when he came in. I, and Comey, you didn't do anything to hold Loretta Lynch accountable. You didn't speak out against her. Comey, you're my last week's Fool, this week's Tool Award. Runner-up to that, by the way, is the GOPE with their Obamacare light. Thank you all for being here. Thanks to my amazing guest, Sheriff, guest Sheriff Clark, Janine Turner, Al Arias, my girl Julie, and all of you out there. And thank you, DJ Carrot Sticks.
6: get, if you know what I mean. Women to the
0: left of me to the right